helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, my name is Melissa Waggett and I am so excited that you have decided to join us this morning for our show. We have such an exciting topic. What I love about it is it's going to be so practical and life-changing for you. I have some questions for you out there. Have you ever had an experience when you felt so sure in your heart that God promised you something? Or maybe someone spoke a word over your life and what happened next didn't seem to fit with that promise. Or maybe you're someone who has been faithful for years. You could quote scripture by heart. You attend every Sunday service. You go to all the Bible studies, all the small groups. You are that dedicated church member Christian in every aspect of your life. And in spite of that, the world seems to be falling in around you. And when you look around at others, people who maybe don't seem to have it all together are being showered with blessings. And you're asking yourself, what on earth is going on? If you have ever felt that way, today's show is for you. Today, we're talking about paradoxical promises and what that means for us and how we can work through them. And for those of you who may have joined us for the very first time today, I am so excited that you have uh, decided to spend this time with us. This show is on each and every Monday morning at 9.30. If you want to find more about us or this show, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at one 544 3546 and we'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. And so for those of you who join us each and every week, you know who's with me in studio. Michael Hart is a registered psychotherapist. He's also award-winning, and he is the director of Elam Counseling Services. And he joins me each and every week to explore these exciting topics, interesting topics. And we always try to do it with a Christian lens because that's where we're coming from. And we're trying to integrate relationship and psychotherapy principles into that. And we try to have a little bit of fun on the way, along the way, don't we, Michael? We're not, we're not super serious. <laughs> as much as your title is probably a bit intimidating for some, we have a lot of fun doing this, don't we? Yes. And I always feel as if it's hard to follow up with you after such an introduction, because <laughs> the way you set up that introduction, there's nothing that I'm going to say after this that is going to, to, to live up to expectations. Maybe you should tone it down a little I'll bit. I'll try. Medicine. I'll try. <laughs> okay. Well, like I said off the top, I'm, I'm really excited when you approached me about this topic, because I think it's so relatable in our Christian circles, in our life. God gives us these promises or these words over our life. And we know that we know that we know that it's coming from the Lord. And then time happens or something happens and we look around and we go, what on earth? This is not what I signed up for. Or if God, if I knew that this is what God's promises meant, I wouldn't have said yes. Or my goodness, the next time someone go, comes up to me to speak a word of encouragement, I am running to the opposite end of the altar because it has backfired on me in the past. So I know I've had moments like that. And it's one of those things within our faith that sometimes things don't really make sense. Um, and even though we know that, we still have our human emotions and it still causes impact. And like always, you've been able to pull out from scripture an example of God doing this as much as people may have experiences in their own life. This happened in the Bible too, and it happened in quite a, in quite a number of areas, but the story Absolutely. you've picked out is is quite a, a paradoxical promise if ever there was one, I think. Yes, I, I think there are many instances in the Bible 
that we have this paradox between blessings, uh, announcement of blessings that is mixed with uh, something that doesn't seem like a blessing. A good example of that in the New Testament would be in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus gives the Beatitudes. And the first seven Beatitudes, the word blessing, blessed are, comes before each of those first seven Beatitudes. But on the eighth Beatitude, we have the word blessed twice. And the the, the paradoxical thing about that statement is that blessing is used twice in a context of suffering, where he talks, Jesus talked to his disciples about, blessed are you when men persecute you and said all manner of things of evil against you. But this is one blessing, Melissa, that I don't hear a lot of Christian praying for. When we pray for people and we say, may God bless you, I don't think we have this in mind that, you know, I'm praying for God to send some persecution your way or some suffering your way. But in the Bible, we find this paradox where blessing is is uh, is often tied to, to tragedy and, and to suffering. And a good example of that also is in Genesis 35, where God appeared unto to Jacob in in verse 11 and uh, of chapter 35 and God said to him I am God almighty be fruitful and increase in number and the nation and a company of nations will come from you and kings will be among your descendants so we have this very great promise this big promise i would say that a promise of great magnitude that is made to Jacob and uh, it, it, it must have been so spectacular because this is one of the few places in the Bible where we are told that God was actually there in physical form. Because in verse 13 of that same chapter, it is said, Then God went up from him at the place where he had talked with him. So, so Jacob had this uh, very... Uh, very awesome uh, spiritual experience where God appeared to him, God talked with him, God gave him this great promise that he was going to be blessed, he's going to, he's going to give him land and he's going to give him great descendants. But then after that, a few verses down, we have the paradox, the suffering that comes in. And I'll read it because this is a very moving passage. In just a few verses, the, the author is able to paint for us a very tragic scene that we can feel as if we are, we are there in this, in this moving scene and we are a part of the tragedy. So, so in verse 16, it reads, Then they moved on from, from Bethel where there were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. As she breathed her last breath, for she was dying, she named her son Benoni, but his father named him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried, on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So a very tragic story. So we have this journey, this journey that this family is on, and they are traveling from Bethel, which actually means the house of God. And they're going to Ephrath, which means uh, fruitful, 
or our Bethlehem place of uh, place of bread, and in that they're they're moving from you know from this presence of God, the house of God, to this place that is supposed to be fruitful, and God promises blessing. But in the midst of that, we have this tragic incident where Rachel, Jacob's wife, died in childbirth. And we have this struggle that is happening where the midwives are trying to save her and is trying to encourage her while she's dying. And in the midst of this, it seemed as if Rachel became bitter because she said, I'm going to name this son Benoni, which means son of my suffering. But so we see a very sad situation, and this is the paradox, because the very thing that was meant to be a blessing, that was part of a blessing, the, the giving of a son also had sorrow and tragedy attached to it. And these are exactly those scenarios we're painting that picture of today. And in the case of Jacob, he was literally with God. There was no ambiguity about this being a promise from God, but the outcome of this doesn't make any sense to us in our human eyes or our human feelings. Yes, and that's such a good point, Melissa, because sometimes when people have promises like that and then they see suffering unfolding as part of the promises, they see this paradox developing, they said, did I really hear from God? Is this really... Is, is this really part of the promise? But in, as you said, in this situation, there could be no doubt because Jacob saw God. He heard from God directly. And we are told that God ascended up from him after speaking to him. So there was no doubt here that this was a promise from God. And so I would suggest for most of us, we're probably not having face-to-face with God moments in terms of how we're getting announcements of blessings or promises today. But in what ways are we experiencing these promises from the Lord? How is it playing out in today's circumstances? I think a lot of time in our churches, especially in uh, evangelical churches, we have people who have had word of prophecies spoken over them. Like one couple that came to saw me and they were on the brink of divorce. They actually ended up divorcing. And a, a prophecy was spoken over them before saying that they were going to be this couple that was going to lead many other couples uh, to Christ and they were going to do great things as a couple. So you had this promise that is made and then uh, the suffering and the pain started in this relationship and the relationship ended up falling apart. We, we also see uh, people receiving announcement through, through favorite verses of scriptures. People will have verses of scriptures uh, su- such as by your stripes, your by his stripes you are healed, or uh, if you give, give and it shall be given unto you. So we have people who who have these uh, faith principles that they are living by. That if they if they do certain things, then certain things will follow. If they give, then they are going to get good measures pressed down, shaken together, and running over, as 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 it is said. And so these these declarations are often made. And there's also sometimes in certain circles, correct me if I'm wrong, where we make certain theological assumptions yes. about how things can be. Absolutely. And I'm thinking things like prosperity gospel and things like that. And you alluded to some of that with the pressed down, shaken together, running yes. over concept yes. where if I'm faithful, 
I'm going to be blessed. Yes. And blessing doesn't come with this paradox of suffering in most cases. As a matter of fact, much of the prosperity gospel, uh, if you have any kind of suffering or any tragedy, they will say, uh, are you living for yeah. God? Are health, you sure there is not Health, wealth, and happiness. That's what I'm signing life? up for, right? Yes. Health, wealth, and happiness. Yes. If you're not prospering, if you're not having an abundance of material thing, then maybe you're not living for God according to... So these are some theological, general theological assumptions that people have as a result of what they they have been taught by 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 certain branches of, of the church. And so when these things are not happening in people's life, like they're are giving and they can't see the blessing or they, they have scriptures that they're standing on for healing and their loved one dies after much fervent prayer, then it creates this paradox. So you've alluded to already some paradoxical situations we find ourselves in, but I'm wondering if you can unpack that a little bit more so we can really paint those pictures where um, God is giving a promise, but in our minds it's coming out not what we signed up for. Yes. How do we see that play out in our lives? Yes, we also see other other ways in which uh, people sometimes are led to faith by someone who was a stalwart of the Christian faith. And this is a, a great person that you looked up to or and you admired for for who, who for for their their deep understanding of the Christian faith and for for the way that they conducted themselves in godly fashion. But the paradox is that sometimes the very person who have led you to faith sometimes slip away from the faith or they, they, they turn against you by by doing things that, that you just did not expect. It's like the twist in this passage that we just read in Genesis 35. Something developed in, in, the, in the relationship that was totally unexpected, like the death of Rachel. So we, we have people who are suffering for years, just living below, living uh, just above the poverty line, despite the fact that they have given their tithes faithfully, thousands of dollars to the church over uh, over many years, and yet they they can't seem to to have that material blessing that is part of their theological understanding that if I give, I am going to get back uh, uh, several times the amount that I give. So I think people have these theological assumptions that sometimes lead to these paradoxical situations that they just can't understand. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. If you missed the first half of today's show, we are talking about paradoxical promises. And you can listen to it at our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always call us toll free for a copy of the show at one 544 Three five four six. So, Michael, we were just describing some of those paradoxical promise situations we find ourselves in. But what can be the result of this paradox? When we have found ourselves going through a Jacob-like situation, maybe not to that degree, God has given us that promise, and the promise is happening, but then there's a twist. It's yes. something that doesn't feel so good for us right. in whatever way is coming mm-hmm. out of it. How I, does that affect us? I think uh, in, in, in many cases, we we see people who will develop things like depression. They they will have other mental symptoms such as uh, 
such as other symptoms such as anxiety because they just cannot cope with this shock to their system that has happened maybe it's it's a partner that you you felt that God had called you together with and just as you were preparing you're got getting to that stage where your ministries begin to come together and you can see a clear picture of what you're going to be doing together as a couple then suddenly your spouse dies and when these things happen it can be very, very hard. So I think we see, number one, uh, mental illness issues that take place as a result of the crisis. But uh, but we also see, too, that there are people who formulate opinion as to what happened when there is a twist that they can understand. So people looking from the outside who see someone going through suffering, they will, will, will make uh, declarations as to what is happening. They may say that this person is not living for God, so people might become labeled by others as a result of the paradox that has entered their life. But we should be we we, we should be very mindful that Jacob had this paradox. David had similar paradox. Uh, we see in the book of, of, of Job that Job also had this paradox. The man, there was no one more righteous than Job, but yet he had so much suffering in his life. So it's important for us to realize that we should not label people when they're going through through suffering because we, we, we cannot understand what's, what God is doing. I think that's such a good point and I'm wondering yes. if we can rest here for a moment because as much as it's about sometimes people experiencing the, the paradox themselves, sometimes we in the church community make it even worse by doing things you just described there yes. where we are saying, well, if you just prayed harder or if you fasted one more day right. or if you read the scriptures one more time. Right. Or there must be some sin in your life Correct. where this is happening. And I think people, when they do that, are coming from a well-intentioned but a misinformed place. Yes. What is a better approach when you're seeing someone go through these paradoxical situations? How can we be supportive and not Christianize this and make them feel even worse. Well, I think one of the biggest things for us to understand as as the body of Christ is that we cannot reduce God to formulas and put God in a box to say, if you do A, B is going to happen. So when people are going through through this paradox, they're, they're suffering, and it doesn't match up with the blessings that, that, that you perceive would happen in their life, it's, oh, it's better for us not to try to come up with a rational understanding. I think it's better for us to just say God is a mystery and we do not understand all his actions. Uh, I remember a, a few years ago, someone who had a very tragic situation entered their life and they say that people were telling them in their church that God has a plan and they're saying, I can't see the plan of God in this. So it's it's okay to, to be at that stage where you say, God is a mystery. I can't, I can't understand what he's doing doing and 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 to wrestle with that because i think to do otherwise would be to try to to put god in a box where he says this is what he's doing i know what god is doing but there's sometimes when you can't see his plan and you 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 probably just need to surrender to the idea that god is a good god and there is some plan that he has and even though i can't understand it even though right now it doesn't make sense i surrender to that plan so we find in the story of of Jacob that we read earlier on in, in the broadcast that that 
that what was happening didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for your wife to die after you have been given a promise about uh, having a, a lot of children. And so in in that context, I think it would we see that later on that those promises did come to pass. So it is good for us to understand that promises sometimes is not what we think, does not work out the way that we perceive, and sometimes we just can't see how it's ever going to happen in this in this world. But it doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. So I think that's the next thing to understand when you're going through these promises, the, these paradoxical situations, is that God has not abandoned you. And I think another important thing, Melissa, is for us to realize that we need not we need to try not to spiritualize the situation, but that we need to process the pain of what you're going through. So what would be a good example of how we spiritualize things as a way to cope and why it's not effective? Uh, one way is if someone dies, for example, and it just didn't fit into the plan and expectation of of the plans that you felt that God had for your life, and someone were to come to you and say, you know, don't don't cry because you know you should celebrate because he's in heaven. At least they're with the Lord. <laughs> At least they're with the Lord, or you know those kind of things. I think that can be very discouraging for people who are mourning because it doesn't bring comfort. As a matter of fact, a lot of times statements like that bring bring anger because another thing that we say in death is that that God needed him in heaven. He was such a good man or she was such a good woman that God needed them. Uh, one, one wife who had that said to her, she lost it. She was so angry and she said, what? God needed him? What about me? Yeah, he's I got needed, everything. Yeah, God had everything there. I needed him more. He was all I had in in this life. So if it be death or it be a ministry that failed, it's important for us not to spiritualize it and just go on to say God has a plan, but to get in touch with those emotions of sadness and sometimes anger and and and, and sometimes uh, feelings of confusion and bewilderment bewilderment and shock as to what has happened because if you suppress those emotions then they come out as as depression and other forms of mental illnesses and i think that's such a good point because at the same time we can trust that the lord has a plan we still have our human emotions yes Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean we're not trusting the lord when we have those feelings it just means we're people right what other ways can people cope with uh, this paradox. This story in Genesis 35 is a very powerful story, and I like the 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 the, the last part. I don't know if I read that 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 last part here, but I just read that section again after Rachel is dying and she's breathing her last breath after dying in childbirth. As she breathed her last breath, for she was dying, she named her son Benoni, but his father named him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, towards this fruitful place that that they're heading to. She dies in childbirth. But that special part that I like about that passage is that she wanted to call this child Benoni, which means son of my suffering. But uh, Jacob decided to give the, the, the child another name. And he said, his name shall be called Benjamin, which is son of my right hand. The right hand is symbolic 
symbolic of strength. It is, it is, it is a place of power. It is a privileged place. So I think another thing that we can do to answer your question, another thing that we can do when we are going through situations that are hard is to choose to rename the situation. We can either name it a place of defeat. We can name it a place of discouragement or we can name it a place of opportunity. And that is what, what that is what Jacob did. And, and I think it totally changed, uh, history because, uh, Benjamin went on to be one of the 12 tribes of Israel and, and a very successful young man, despite the fact that there was tragedy at his birth. So I'm saying this to say what happened in your life doesn't have to determine your future. It's how you decide to name the situation. And I'm not saying this has to be immediate. Sometimes it can be a process where you go through a period of feeling like or Rachel felt and saying this is uh, this is Benoni this is son of my suffering but I think eventually we should try to come to this place where we can say how else can we name this situation so uh, I like the fact that that Jacob stepped in and and renamed it from suffering to opportunity and strength the very things that are afflicting you today can be a source of strength. And I know many of you that are listening to my voice out there today can think of situations that you have been through in the past that has now made you stronger, where at the time when you were going through it, it just didn't make sense. And and the good part is, no matter what you're going through, you're never going through it alone. And God has not forsaken you. Mm-hmm. And that's where, as you said earlier, we as a body believers have such a power as well to co- come along each other no matter if it's a promise that's turning out how we'd think yes. or it's paradoxical, we need to be there for each other as well. And so if we've got God on our side and good people around us, we can get through this. And uh, as you said so so astutely, go with the emotions, get in touch with those things, process those things, and and breakthroughs can happen. Absolutely. And I want to, just, as we wrap up here today, to remind you. Of, and so, again, uh, our number, in case you need to get in touch with us, if you need help, give us a call at, at 1-877-544-3546. Or you can go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And again, next week, we'll have another interesting show lined up for you. We are on the air every Monday mornings at 9.30. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.